Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You know, nothing beats Roos Chris for a Christmas party. And guests on this show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Roos Chris Edmonton, the 19th Roos Chris Open in North America. Tell Brendan, Chris, and Chef Tap that Oilers Now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through uh, Sunday from 5 p.m. until close and on Oilers game days at 4. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, welcome back to the show, man. This guy, if we've got the right guest on to handle the situation right now, because he's been an NHL GM, he started Octagon's player agency, was the number one pick in the NHL draft for Wow Factor Desserts. It's Brian Lawton experienced the ultimate power play this festive season with fan favorites and seasonal sensations. Check out their full lineup at WowFactorDesserts.com. Hello, Brian. How you doing? Fantastic, Bob. Uh, yeah, we have some, uh, well, we have, uh, we, we have an interesting situation here. Uh, reports circulated from Kevin Weeks this morning that the Oilers were perhaps looking at potentially uh, moving Philip Broberg. Uh, it was later reported in the day that maybe there had been a discussion point that Darren Ferris had been granted permission to shop for a trade. Ryan Rashog in the last... Uh, uh, 23 Minutes has tweeted out, Ken Holland says he's not granted permission to Darren Ferris to shop for a Broberg trade. Holland, I have not granted permission to Derek uh, to Darren Ferris to shop Broberg. Ferris's response, this matter reflects both my and my client's frustration with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the tweet goes on to say, I'm actively collaborating with Ken to address and resolve this issue privately. Clearly, there are major issues here between the first-round pick and the organization. They've spoken multiple times in recent days. Things seem to have boiled over with today's development. You've been on both ends of this. Um, in fact, you can even maybe speak to a, being a high-end pick uh, that had great expectations placed. You were the number one overall pick. But you, how many times during your time with Octagon, Brian, did you go to a GM and ask for permission to shop for a trade for your client? More than you would think, uh, but that was because I always tried to be proactive. And just like I've had people come to me and ask for permission. I can remember Donnie Meehan bringing that up about Steven Stamkos (laughs) 20 games into his career because he wasn't playing much. There's generally a reason behind it. Of course, we didn't trade Steven Stamkos, but it does create a bit of a firestorm that follows it that's for sure but i used to ask all the time when a guy wasn't happy to be proactive i knew most gms would not give me that permission unless you were really at a tenuous point um i had guys that sat out long periods of time when i was an agent rj umberger sat out a whole season mark Parrish sat out until the trade deadline when he was finally traded by Colorado to the Florida Panthers. So I know this world well. This situation you're describing is perplexing. How so to you? With the lack of understanding between two parties as to what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you can say what you want about Ken, but he's a very direct guy. He's a very, uh, he's known as a very affable 
GM for sure. He's very well liked by his peers. He's certainly willing, from anybody that's listened to him in interviews, uh, willing to share a certain amount of his opinions, although I think Ken does a really nice job of, at times, saying a lot without saying anything. That is part of the role sometimes. Yeah. What have you thought of the Oilers' handling of Broberg to this point? Frustrating, certainly for the player. I, I can see that. You know, he hasn't played, you know, well, first of all, just to kind of put a bow on, what would people think of Philip Broberg? I don't think we – do we know? Like, I mean, my concern is from a asset management perspective, I we're not sure what he is, and I'm not sure you get maximum return at him at this time. You know what I mean? I think that's accurate. He's played 79 games in the regular season. The one underlying theme that would bode very well for Edmonton you have to drag this out of people you'd be talking to about him, but a lot of GMs, and I believe they're correct in this, they will not make be-all, end-all judgments, particularly on young defensemen right. that have played less than 150 games. You just don't really know what you have. This I want to read you this text. Bob, whatever the reality is behind the scenes with Broberg, it's clear the team, especially management, completely mismanaged the player. If he's a depreciated asset, then Holland bears a lot of that responsibility. It's worth pointing out at this time that the Oilers have been blowing first-round picks since McDavid. The team scouts have caused significant damage on that front. Well, uh, Stu McGregor was the head scout basically from... Oh, 2009 to 2015 until uh, he, he he was relieved of his duties in Florida before the, the draft that year. It was not in the photo with Connor McDavid. Uh, Keith Gretzky came in in August of 2016, headed up to scouting for the 17 and 18 drafts. The Oilers got Bouchard and McLeod with their first and second round picks in 2018. Uh, Ken Holland came aboard in May of 2019. The Oilers brought... Tyler Wright in, and Archie Henderson as head amateur and pro. Neither of them are with the organization anymore. Um, I, I will tell you this. I've always felt Tyler to be an upfront, direct guy, which I personally appreciated. Um, there is two parts. There's drafting and there's development. Um, but when you're sitting five years after the fact... 2019 draft, 2020 draft, Holloway's out right now. I think we're still quite bullish on him. But the Oilers haven't got a lot of impact from the last, you know, their, their 19, 20, and 21 picks. Borgo's down on the minors. He's got two goals. He's not even playing on their first power play unit right now, an offensive player. That in itself is another conversation. I kind of understand the criticism that comes in that text, Brian. I think that it is somewhat understandable. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, the players you're talking about, Borgo, Holloway, Artis Savoy, Broberg, Lavoie, you know, these are the guys that have been picked essentially with their first couple round picks the last few years. Carter Savoy, to be fair, was later, but that was their second pick that year. Uh, it's not great. This happens in the business. It's not unique. 
it's easy to pile on a guy. Right. Tyler was in charge at that time. And, uh, you know, unless you're really in-depth using analytics, it's still a crapshoot. Now, there's teams that appear to do it better than others. Um, but for the most part, those are very far and few between. There is an element of luck involved with it. Um, but I do think there's some low-hanging fruit that, you know, Edmonton could improve upon. Certainly, you touched on the two components of what happens, you know, through the draft. You select a player, or then how do you develop him or work with him to make him better? I would say that Edmonton is not considered around the NHL as super strong in that department. Right. That absolutely hurts the finished product. <laughs> That's just the reality. Um that's not new news for anybody in hockey, though. So there, there's some work to be due there. But as far, far as Philip Broberg is concerned, you still don't know where he's at. He is 22 years old. So in today's world, people get antsy because you do see a lot of players playing by the time they're 22, if they're a good pick, particularly players selected in the top 10 or, in Philip's case, in the top eight. But it does happen where not everybody works out. And I understand the criticism. I'm very in tune with what goes on in that market. I saw lots of hatred on Twitter and different social media forums today because of this latest news. Um, There's lots of teams that will still bet on Phil Broberg. I don't think you'll necessarily get your biggest return for him right now if you were going in that direction. It almost becomes a scenario where, the return, you saw this with Jesse, Jesse Pugliarvi, where it just really delayed the club ever doing with doing anything with him because the return wasn't great. Uh, you don't want to get in that situation with Broberg, and yet I do think that there's still some strong potential with Philip Broberg being a regular top five defenseman in this league. All right, this text comes in. It's an interesting one. It's out of Ontario. Bob, you can't blame Broberg. Broberg is a potential top four defenseman in the NHL. He just needs an organization to believe in him and support him. Conversely, the texter says, it's beyond obvious. Bouchard is a 5'6 defenseman, 5-on-5, and a power play specialist. So the opening for Broberg to play and be mentored is with Ekholm, and it's already there. But the organization refuses to make this obvious move, says the texter, and now it's going to cost us. All right, Brian, to me, Evan Bouchard has already matriculated past being a third-pairing defenseman. He's leading the Oilers. Uh, He's playing 22 minutes a game. So either him or Nurse, most nights, leads the Oilers' time on ice. Yes, he's running the power play. To me, he's proven all day he's a top-four NHL defenseman. And we, we we have a segment of the listening audience, not all the listeners, but some, and I wonder where they get their marching orders from on, on Bouchard. Because they've been, you know, sometimes it's hard to recognize guys that make the puck do the work and get the puck up the ice, and you end up playing more in the opposition zone. Remember Larry Murphy? You played against Larry Murphy. He got booed out of Toronto because fans in Toronto were dumb. He then went on to win two Stanley Cups in Detroit. He played about eight or ten more seasons after Toronto. Uh, 1,600 games in the NHL, he had 1,200 points. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Evan Bouchard gets 60 to 65 points. 
I completely disagree with the texter. I don't know if Bouchard's a top four right now. I don't know what he is. My hope was that he was a top four. I thought he could be a t- But I think it's safe to say, or, or that Broberg's a top four. I think it's safe to say that Bouchard is clearly delineated based on the playoffs the last couple of years, the last two seasons at 40 points. He's a top four defenseman, isn't he, Brian? For Bouchard, there's no question he's already proven he's a top four defenseman. There's still some things that he can improve on, sure. Referencing, yes, that he can improve upon. But, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. If you were talking about Evan Bouchard right now, the phone would be ringing off the hook, <laughs> in my opinion. And you know that. As far as what, what his value is. You, you may have had a glass of wine with one of those guys last week. I, I have spoken to some people that have brought this game up to me. This is correct. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. We don't want to get into that too much because these are confident discussions, but the point is valid. I can assure you there are many people in the league that would have these players ranked differently. In Broberg's case, I understand the club's position in terms of they're trying to win now, uh, this year, forget about that. Even in the past, um, they're still in that mode. Probably could have got Broberg in more games, in my opinion, yep. if I called it just the way I see it. Although I have to acknowledge that that has been more challenging this year because of the start the club had. Of course, they are playing much better now. But uh, those are the times when you got to try to get guys in. And their development isn't going to come by practicing. It isn't even necessarily going to come by demoting them to the American Hockey League. It's going to come by learning on the job. And each situation is different in the NHL. If you're on the San Jose Sharks right now, you'd be playing 20 minutes a game every night, win or lose. That is not the situation the Edmonton Oilers think of themselves in, nor the situation they will end up in this year. Yeah. Some might say, I mean, I look at the body of work of Vancouver, Brian. I got to tell you, they've made five trades since they're, they have four new defensemen from their top six from a year ago. Five trades they've made. In the offseason, they ended up, first of all, it started when they traded Bo Horvat, got a number one back in that deal, and flipped that number one in the deal to Detroit to get Philip Ronick. Okay. So they bring him in. Then they sign Susie and out of out of Irma and, and Cole, two big defensemen. Okay, the start of the year, Tanner Pearson, a contract that many people didn't think you could move. They trade to Montreal with a pick and get back a goaltender Casey DeSmith to back up uh, Thatcher Demko and dismiss a guy that's you know played thirty games a year. With the cap savings, they get in on Sam Lafferty, who I love who's got six goals, 12 points, and is like plus 13 or 14 this year in Vancouver. And most recently, Chicago loses Taylor Hall and Corey Perry. Vancouver picks up the phone and dumps Anthony Beauvillier there, a guy they took as part of the uh, Horvat deal to make the money work, also because the Canucks at that time had Mikheyev on uh, uh, LTIR. So they dump Beauvillier, and that clears up the cap space for them to get into uh, Zadorov. Ty, it's been impressive, and Jim Rutherford, it's been impressive, hasn't it? It's been really impressive. I mean, obviously, Patrick Alvine is, is the GM, but Jim's behind the bulk of this. And, you know, when you're looking at Edmonton, there's just different approaches in terms of 
That's strikingly aggressive in today's world. And it's really paid off for Vancouver, quite frankly. Um, that's not necessarily, you know, you're going to look at different GMs, and they all have different personalities and ways about going about their business. Ken has had a lot of success. Jimmy Rutherford's had a lot of success. Patrick Alvine, I think, is really being led by Jimmy. Everybody kind of knows that. Uh, but Jimmy's aggressive. He always has been. He likes to get his business done early. He doesn't uh, succumb to what is the easy way out. Hard to make deals. There's no cap space. No one wants to trade early. All those things are partially true. But at the same time, where there's a will, there's a way. Jimmy's always proven that, and he's done an outstanding job. Vancouver this year has taken a massive step forward. I didn't necessarily see that coming. Um, I definitely didn't see it coming without the aggressive changes they've made. And to be fair to them, the stellar play of Thatcher Demko. He's been tremendous. Former NHL player, GM agent Brian Lawton for a while. Factor desserts experience the ultimate power play for the festive season with fan favorites and seasonal sensations. Check out their full lineup at wildfactordesserts.com. At this stage, hypothetically, if the Oilers were to trade Broberg, similar type of player back, higher pick, maybe that's plateaued a bit with another NHL organization, would that make the most sense? The way to get the most value is if you trust, you know, in your scouting staff on the pro side to find, you know, that next layer of player that you believe just needs a different opportunity or a new opportunity. That is the most likely. You have to find a club that, you know, there's, it happens all the time where players just, we traded for Teddy Purcell, who was in L.A. when we were in Tampa, and Teddy was just the fourth-line player that quite frankly couldn't beat out the guys that were on that club. We brought him to Tampa and he developed into a 60, 65 point player. A deal like that would be ideal if Edmonton felt there was somebody out there worth targeting that maybe another organization was willing to part with. In terms of just getting a straight pick back, it's a really tough deal. You trade an eighth pick overall and in the position that he's in and get a first rounder back. So now you're looking at some package of picks or maybe a pick and a prospect. And uh, every step you go down the line, the more risk you absorb. Ken knows that, Holland. I don't think it's smart to trade Broberg right now. Uh, That doesn't mean you couldn't trade him this year, but at this particular time right now, it feels like a bit of a low point for him. Okay, great stuff, Brian. Love having you on the show. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. And you heard Brian. He asked lots of times to shop on behalf of his uh, clients. It's a common practice. Former NHL player, GM, and agent Brian Lawton for Wow Factor Desserts. Experience the ultimate power play this festive season with fan favorites and seasonal sensations. Check out their full lineup. WildFactorDesserts.com, 554 in Edmonton. Looking for a great holiday gift? Give the gift of travel this holiday season with New West Travel Gift Certificates. Whether you're celebrating a special occasion or looking to surprise a loved one, give the gift of exploration, relaxation, and unforgettable experiences. Adventure awaits, and there's no better time to start planning. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. We'll work in a couple texts when we return on Oilers Now. This text comes in at 556 in Edmonton from Cactus Jack. Bob, with your new time slot, I don't listen as much as I used to. 
But when I do, Brian Lawton is a must-listen. He makes me a smarter hockey fan every time he is on the show. The Fizzler has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, I like 95% of Bouchard's game. If he could get rid of the wild card pinches, it would be helpful. Overall, though, I think his puck moving alone is worth having him in your top four. He's going to have at least one 65-plus point season either this year or next year. It's coming, and it's going to cost the others. And yes, he's a top four defenseman. Clem has Texas Clem on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Instant gratification, roster, chess game decisions can be gut-wrenching and challenging to swallow at times for we passionate home team supporters. Again, you can text us, 780-496-0063. Brendan, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Just watching this all unfold. Like, it's... uh, now, did you know that, like, Lawton admitted he lots of times tried to convince general managers to give him permission to shop for his players. That's called applying pressure. Like, if Jenny Kuznetsov was a healthy scratch last night from Washington, mm-hmm. you don't think his agent isn't sitting there calling Brian McClellan saying, why don't you trade him then? Why don't you see how much interest, you know, let's go trade him then. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all part of a game, but it's a game that you would very much rather plays out behind closed doors if you're the team because, as yeah. we've seen a thousand times before, the second it's out to other teams, it's out being talked about that a player wants to leave, the trade value plummets. And yeah. this is a guy whose trade value wasn't the highest to begin with. All right. Off to a global news weather traffic update with James Dunn. When we return, Rob Brown, our 630 chit inside the game analyst, will join us in order now.